0: This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at saintdave.org. Well, good morning, Saints. (laughs) It's a joy to be with you this morning. And for those of you who do not know me, my name is Marcia Paul, and I work at the Diocesan office in Houston alongside Bishop Doyle. Um, I help to manage his staff, and I help him with amplifying his vision and mission for the diocese and other duties as assigned. (laughs) So, but I'm glad to be with you all today. So, imagine being an enslaved person in Texas at the beginning of another long, hot summer. And this was the summer of 1865. And because of the state's distance from the rest of the divided nation, and given that Texas itself saw little action during the Civil War, it had been quite easy for plantation owners and enslavers to hide the news of the Emancipation Proclamation, which had been signed by President Abraham Lincoln two and a half years earlier. And so, despite this federal proclamation of freedom, these these enslaved women and men toiled under the old status quo of bondage and terror. And then again, imagine being an enslaver and having heard the proclamation of freedom, choosing to cover it up. Here were people who understood that liberation had come, and yet who willingly, willfully, purposefully did all they could to obscure and withhold freedom from those who were literally dying for it. I believe that most of you are aware that Juneteenth, which will be celebrated tomorrow, and Juneteenth is a combination of June and 19th, and that it commemorates June 19, 1865, when Union soldiers brought the news of freedom to enslaved black people in Galveston. And that was a little over two months after the Confederacy had surrendered. And the slaves learned that freedom they were hoping and praying for had been denied, not just for two months, but for two and a half years. And in response to the deceptions of captors, oppressors, and enslavers, these citizens stood boldly in their freedom. They were free and they intended to live their freedom. So I invite you right now to just close your eyes for a minute and imagine that you were a slave on June 19th, 1865. I know it's hard to do, it's difficult for me, but just go there with me for a moment. Imagine on this hot summer day, you're working in the field, which you've been doing since the crack of dawn, and perhaps this is maybe the middle of the day, or you're working in a hot kitchen, preparing food or cleaning a home or taking care of children. So you're there and then you hear news that freedom has finally come. What would you do at this point? And you don't need to tell me, just think about what you would do because I'm not sure what I would have done either. Thank you for going there with me. So on that day, 250 enslaved people were freed And despite the message to stay and work for their owners, which some of them probably did, many left the state immediately and headed north to nearby states in search of family members who had been taken to other regions during slavery. Some sought reparations from their owners or former owners, while others simply celebrated. Early celebrations of Juneteenth involved prayer and family gatherings, and later included annual pilgrimages to Galveston by formerly enslaved people and their families. And at many early Juneteenth celebrations, the Statue of Liberty was featured prominently as a reminder to everyone of the liberation that was the freed person's birthright. And these celebrations often included a reading of a portion of the Emancipation Proclamation. The part that was mostly read was, all persons held as slaves shall be then, thenceforward and forever free. And the executive government of the United States will recognize and maintain the freedom of such persons and will do no act or acts to repress such persons or any of them in any efforts they may make for their actual freedom. In his letter to the Romans, St. Paul writes, we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. And while I cannot, for the life of me, imagine slaves boasting in their sufferings, I can understand how suffering might produce endurance, and how endurance produces character, which leads to hope. One of the many people who endured and worked diligently to improve their skills, talents, resourcefulness, and to build other character strengths, is a woman known to some as the grandmother of Juneteenth. Opal Lee is a 96-year-old retired teacher from Texas whose paternal great-grandmother was born into bondage in Louisiana. She's also a tireless advocate and community leader who has played a pivotal role in raising awareness and advancing the recognition of Juneteenth as a federal holiday in these United States. Lee was born in Marshall, Texas in 1927 at a time when racial segregation and discrimination were deeply entrenched in American society Growing up in the era of Jim Crow laws, she experienced firsthand the inequalities faced by African Americans, and her early encounters with racism fueled her determination to work towards change and to fight for justice. Advocacy for Juneteenth started when she participated in her first Juneteenth parade in 1979. Since then, she has dedicated her life to raising awareness about the holiday and its historical significance. And in 2016, at the young age of 89, Lee decided her new life mission was to spread the word about Juneteenth to everybody. And she believed the best way to do that was to help have Juneteenth be declared a national holiday. So Lee decided to start a walking campaign in cities along the route from her home in Fort Worth to Washington, D.C. And she walked that distance to deliver a petition to the White House. Now it wasn't a straight line. She didn't walk in a straight line. But over several weeks, Lee arrived in cities where she'd been invited to speak and walked two and a half miles to symbolize the two and a half years it took for enslaved people in Texas to learn they were free. And Lee's efforts and unwavering commitment have garnered significant attention and support for Juneteenth. She became widely known as the grandmother of Juneteenth because of her advocacy and has been honored with numerous awards for her activism. Her work has helped to elevate the visibility of Juneteenth, leading to increased recognition of both the state and federal levels. And finally, her relentless advocacy and efforts bore fruit when in 2021, Juneteenth was officially designated as a federal holiday in the United States. On June 17, 2021, when President Biden signed the bill into law, Opal Lee was right there beside him. It took five long years, but Lee did what she called a holy dance. I'm not sure what it was like when she did a holy dance. (laughs) Stating it was a dance she and her ancestors had waited. They'd been waiting 155 years, 11 months, and 28 days to do. (laughs) And now she said, we can finally celebrate, we can finally dance together, the whole country coming together to celebrate. This historic achievement marked a significant milestone in recognizing the importance of Juneteenth and its place in American history. And through her activism, she has encouraged dialogue education, and engagement surrounding racial equity, equality, and the ongoing struggle against systemic racism. Even today, Lee continues her activism. And only this year, last month actually, the University of North Texas bestowed Opal Lee with an honorary doctorate at its spring 2023 commencement ceremony that took place on Mother's Day. In our Gospel reading this week, Jesus commissions his 12 disciples to liberate and enliven the harassed and helpless. Seeing the multitudes of sheep without a shepherd, Jesus is deeply moved and so he tells his disciples, go, go and proclaim the good news of the kingdom Go and cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. Go and touch, go and heal, go and resurrect, go and love, go and make peace. And friends, this commissioning is also for us. Major General Gordon Granger rode into Galveston Texas on June 19, 1865, to spread the news of the Emancipation Proclamation, albeit two and a half years late. Opal Lee believed her mission was to bring awareness to Juneteenth by advocating for the day to be celebrated as a national holiday. It took five years, but she never lost hope, and I'm sure she'll be celebrating tomorrow. Friends, Jesus sent the disciples to a particular group of people, to the lost sheep of Israel. And you all at St. David's are doing amazing work with Trinity Center and with your other um, ministries. Yet, there's still work to do Where else do you see lost sheep today? Where do you see people who need to hear some good news? What particular group of people could you go to? Who are there out there who are still harassed and mistreated? To whom might you go? And going is never easy but the good news in all of this is that Jesus never sends us alone. The 12 were sent out together, and he sends us out together also. We are each called to labor in the vineyards, but we are called to labor together, to labor as a community with the Holy Spirit, guiding and giving us the words and courage we may lack. Beloved, the historical legacy of Juneteenth shows the value of never ever giving up hope in uncertain times. And while we have made some progress, we still have a long, long way to go. There are still many in our nation, in our world, who are harassed and helpless. There are many 21st century demons that plague the world. Will you work to usher in the kingdom of God. Paul tells us that hope does not disappoint. Friends, will you work to keep hope alive? Amen. Amen.